Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Several cities and neighborhoods in the United States are experiencing climate gentrification, the process in which wealthier people move to areas less impacted by climate change. It's a trend that hits at the intersection of the affordable housing crisis and climate change. And often as a result, disadvantaged residents are priced out of their neighborhoods due to rising property values, taxes, rents, and other economic factors. But what exactly is driving this trend? And how are activists and politicians fighting back? Today, Politico's Gloria Gonzalez on how climate change is a new gentrifying force. It's Monday, June 26th. Climate gentrification is a relatively newish term that basically talks about the connection between the climate change impacts and affordability, housing affordability or inaffordability issues. Basically, what it refers to is the way a neighborhood is changed for reasons related to climate change. One of the key areas that is often mentioned, most frequently mentioned, is Miami. Areas in Miami like Little Haiti and Liberty City, those neighborhoods are particularly seen as the prime examples of climate gentrification because what you have is Miami as a whole is dealing with climate change, right? We see the physical manifestation of climate change in the rising sea levels surrounding the city. As it becomes riskier to live along the coast of Miami, many people are moving inland. And where are they moving? They're moving to areas that are on higher elevation. Neighborhoods like Little Haiti and Liberty City, which have historically been relatively undesirable neighborhoods that are now desirable because they are at higher elevations and away from the coast. So that's basically what climate gentrification refers to, how a neighborhood is changed because of climate influences and how the makeup of the neighborhood is affected, in this case, along racial lines in particular. Interesting. And how is climate gentrification further disadvantaging communities of color and low-income communities in particular? And what's driving this trend overall? Yeah, so one of the big challenges with regard to climate gentrification is that it's basically taking a direct hit at neighborhoods where people of color, low-income people who have been living in these neighborhoods for decades are, you know, and they were forced into these neighborhoods due to policies such as redlining, which as if we know about redlining, redlining basically talks about how certain policies were implemented, some with the full support of the federal government to create racial barriers and uh, around particular neighborhoods. So a neighborhood like Little Haiti or Liberty City, for example, people of color were forced to move to those areas, which were considered at the time undesirable. And now what they're dealing with is that they're being forced to move out of those neighborhoods, often priced out of those neighborhoods. Rising rents, rising housing costs, rising property values are basically combining to force them out of the neighborhoods that they grew up in. So that's one of the ways that they are being further disadvantaged that policy by policies that have already historically disadvantaged them. Got it. And from a political perspective, how are we seeing activists and local and state politicians already fighting back against climate gentrification? 
Indeed, the fight back against climate gentrification is occurring on a, on a number of different levels. For activists, it's about education. So basically, you have some activists who are trying to educate their neighbors about what climate gentrification is, what climate change, how climate change as a whole is affecting their communities, and just making the connection for those neighbors so that they can have the most information as possible. One of the things that they're also trying to do is, is to educate people people about their rights and their rights to stay in their homes, what rights they have when developers come and try to buy up their properties. And so many folks, you know, do not know what their rights are and are quite frankly, are sometimes intimidated into making decisions that may not be in their best interest. So what these activists are doing, really trying to make sure that people in these neighborhoods have the most information that they can, both about climate change impacts and about affordability and their rights to stay in their homes. Now, for politicians like the mayor of Miami-Dade County, one of the things that they're doing is really trying to take a holistic approach to address this problem. So they're taking steps to address climate challenges. At the same time, they're taking steps to address the affordability challenges and really making the connection between those two. So for example, Miami-Dade County has an extreme heat plan, which seems like it's a climate issue in particular, which it is, but it also is a issue from a housing perspective because some of the people who live in the homes in these neighborhoods don't have air conditioning, don't have reliable fans, and don't have a lot of tree cover in their neighborhoods. And so that all contributes to having an adverse effect from a climate. So what local politicians are doing is trying to put forth programs and put funding into programs that will address both climate impacts and housing impacts as well. So they'll take a, a real holistic approach to it. And when they look at a program that, say, works with low-income people to subsidize their rents or to give them grants or funding to implement home improvements, that is done with both a climate perspective and a housing perspective, affordability perspective in mind. Also, on Friday, French President Emmanuel Macron hinted at a fresh push to revamp the international taxation system to finance climate efforts. Macron spoke on the sidelines of the Summit for a New Global Financing Pact in Paris, where delegates from across the world are discussing ways to reform the international financial system to help raise money for climate adaptation and mitigation efforts. Top economists in France have been pushing for a new wealth tax to finance the fight against climate change, sparking a debate inside Macron's government. But Macron dodged the issue in an interview with French media, instead calling for other ideas like a tax on financial transactions or an extra fee on airline tickets. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed with Mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is striving to lead the way in the energy transition. They're working to deploy carbon capture and producing renewable fuels, developing multiple solutions today while forging new paths to the future. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash energy in progress.